When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the show, people. It's everybody's favorite day. National Meatball Day. National Meatball Day. Ooh, meatballs. Meatballs are fantastic. Great. Bring some meatballs. Meatballs. Would love the recipe for those meatballs. Never have to buy meatballs again. Today's weather forecast is cloudy with a chance of meatballs. And heavy on the meatballs. Showtime. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. So, how many messages did you get about yesterday's podcast? Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Yeah, I've got uh, I've got a, a lot of DMs, a lot of people um, thanking us for for having some of the conversations that we had during the podcast. And hey, that's that's what we're here for. That's what we do. Um, it's other people's opinions on it too. And I don't know. For me, some people are so hardcore they already had an opinion before the before this special aired. Sure, you know yeah. what I mean. And those people, you can kind of tell. Uh, there were people who admitted they were actually quite sympathetic for Megan and Harry, and they weren't mm-hmm. expecting that going in and thanked us for all of the highlights because they actually didn't watch it. But they heard so many people talk about it. They thought, well, I'll listen to the podcast and see what they have to say. Um, and you and I differed on opinion from some, th- like on some, a lot of it, really. Yeah, for um, sure. We it, saw it two totally different ways. For sure. Um, so, yeah, I had a couple of uh, people messaging just to say uh, thank you so much. Um, and thank you so much for all the messages about International Women's Day for me, too. I got a lot of those, and we'll talk about that later on in the podcast as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll just read one on the Harry and Megan thing. This is a longtime podcast listener, Stephen. Good morning, Scott and Kat. I was listening to your podcast and your views on Megan and Harry. I got to say, Scott, I usually find myself agreeing with you more often than not when it's political or general views. But your view on Megan, you should have that she should have known what it was like, what she was getting into. With Harry, I think is crazy. I don't think you ever know until you're actually living it. Uh, Yeah, I mean, maybe some people do think she had no way of knowing what the royal life would be like. Maybe she didn't, but she didn't know anything. Like she says, she had absolutely no idea how big a deal her husband was. Mm -hmm. I I just I'm still calling bullshit on that. I really am. But there is an update. I guess this morning somebody caught Prince Charles and asked him for a comment. Yeah, I mean, with the time change, it happened very, very in the wee hours of our morning. But uh, there he was leaving a vaccination center in London and was asked, hey, what did you think of the interview? And um, there was many, many paparazzi there waiting for him. Knowing there was. was, Of course. Right. Knowing that he'd be there. Uh, He did look at them all and then he turned and walked away. So no comment, needless to say from Prince Charles on this subject. But a lot of people now, especially in the UK, for those who don't know, the interview did not air at the same time in the UK as it did here. So they had it basically a little less than a day later, they ended up airing it. So the reaction that came in from the UK was slightly delayed compared to here, because here it ran on an American network and a Canadian network. So we were able to pick it up right away. So that's why you saw all, and you're going to hear today, on a lot of these UK networks and papers, you'll hear and, and see all about this today. Um, but I mean, they knew what was coming anyway. I'm still curious if they're going to say something. And like I said yesterday, I'll stick to it. They need to at least address what Megan claims happened to her and the fact that she got zero help 
Um, one of the, the messages that I got was from Will, and Will said, thank you for the recap on the podcast, because I personally had to turn off the special. Not that I didn't like it, but it bothered me. Megan was on the verge of hurting herself. Nobody was there to help her. Uh, I can relate to this. Okay. Hmm. So, you know, like, I, I'm so curious, Scott. Are they going to say something? And apparently they're going to have a lot of closed-door meetings about it, as you can imagine. Like, do we break protocol and do we say something? You know, at this point, it's really blowing up. Yeah, typically they don't say yeah. anything. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if this was no different. I mean, if they just stay silent on it, eventually the the press, the paparazzi in particular over in the UK, will move on to other things. Um, I don't think the North American media is going to let it die as quickly. They'll probably stay on top of it. Long-term repercussions for the royal family. I really don't think there will be any. Until Prince Charles becomes king or until that is a conversation that we're having. But more and more people are putting two and two together that the institution, as they call it, has to be Prince Charles. Like it has to be by process of elimination. Even the the body language experts are looking at it saying, yeah, you could tell that when Prince Charles came up, everybody got a certain way. And that's clearly who they were talking about. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it is what it is. We're uh, allowed to differ in opinions on that. But next steps, we'll talk about them here in the podcast. There's a lot of other things I want to talk about. Yesterday was, and it almost worked out kind of well for what I'm going to say here. Yesterday was International Women's Day. And it's it, it's great that that people shared the, the images and the memes and things like that. But it, it's almost like International Women's Day is becoming more holiday than um, a, a day to call for change. And it it frustrates me because it, in a couple of different ways, because we had International Women's Day yesterday and I saw a lot of very empowering memes like you can do whatever you want and and we're all equal and things like that. But the reality is we're not. We still in 2021 do not have pay equity in Canada for whatever reason. There's still a difference in what women and men get paid for the exact same job. And I don't understand why. I don't understand how we can pretend to be a global leader and a progressive country when we don't have pay equity. It doesn't make sense to me. When there's so many disadvantages to women being in the workforce, whether it be childcare, uh, various other things that come into play. I don't understand why we still have these barriers and we haven't done everything we possibly can to make it fair, to make it equal and to create opportunity. I just don't get it. Um, Yeah, well said for me, um, International Women's Day is absolutely is supposed to be about bringing about change, recognizing things. And maybe that's something small and maybe that's something big. Maybe it's as big as a company deciding, hey, you know what, Uh, Whatever, we're going to start this program and make sure that we have equal opportunity for females. This is what we're doing. Great. That's a great day to reflect on what you're doing to something as small as in your personal life. You know, what am I doing to make sure that I am encouraging women in my life, whatever it might be? I'm over the empty social media posts, though. And I mean, whether it's for International Women's Day, because I had a lot of those messages and that's awesome. Like I have nothing. There's absolutely nothing wrong with sending someone a, a message saying it. I just... I don't know what the intention is behind it sometimes. I was tagged in a lot of photos and I was I was messaged a lot and that's great. But as long as there's something behind you celebrating this day, 
And maybe it's as something like, hey, I'm, I raise daughters and this is how I raise my daughter to be strong, to let her know that she can do anything she wants to. Hey, that's fabulous. You are actually doing something. That's great. But between International Women's Day random posts that you're talking about, like the memes, I go back to Blackout Tuesday and, and challenge accepted stuff. Again, no problem with po- posting about it as long as you back it up. And I used to be guilty of the same thing. So don't get me wrong. You can go back in my history and I'm sure you'll find a Women's Day post. And yes, I love all of the women that I shared photos of. And yes, I, I like to think that I'm encouraging all those women to strive and do their very best. But I'm guilty of a lot of things that don't do that. So I use the time to reflect on what am I doing? What can I do to improve whatever this day might be about? You know, I like it when it can be backed with action. And that's why, and I'm sure you want to talk about what the Raptors are going to be doing. At least they're backing up what they're saying because we know that to be a boys club. Yeah, we do. Well, I mean, sports in general tend to be a boys club. But I feel like, though, that there's a few good cracks in the ceiling. Uh, Cassie Campbell does a great job doing hockey Mm, coverage. And, And that's an opportunity that probably wouldn't have been given even 10 years ago. It probably wouldn't have because sports is very much a boys club. And it's funny because uh, I'm reading this story about the Raptors and and I like what they're doing. For those who don't know, yesterday, the Raptors announced that for their broadcast against Denver on March 24th, their entire on-air team is going to be women. Meg Meg McPeak is going to do play-by-play. Kia Nurse from the women's national team is going to be the analyst. Uh, And then they're going to have a few TSN sideline reporters as well. All women. And then those female reporters are also going to take part in a virtual panel with students from Ryerson's sport business programs. I've moderated a few of those panels, Kat, and because of my work with the Toronto Rock. And I can tell you that usually the crowd that comes to these panels where you can ask them, hey, how do I get into the industry and things like that? Usually it's about 80 percent men. But about 20% women. And I always liked that, that there was women in the sport management programs. But every single time, the first question is, what opportunities are there for women? And the short answer is, well, there's the same opportunities for women as there is for men. But is there? Like, how long until it's a a woman that can say, yep, I'm the best hockey play-by-play person out there and I am going to do Hockey Night in Canada Saturday nights on CBC. Yeah, I think that, well, and in all reality, let's talk about sports broadcasting because regardless of being a male or a female, I always tell people, because you and I all the time, I have one today, in fact, um, are chosen to be interviewed by college students in radio especially or in broadcasting generally. And I'll get asked those questions from time to time. When it comes to sports broadcasting, if they tell me I want to be a sports broadcaster, it actually doesn't matter to me if it's a male or a female. I know that they're going to have it tough. And I tell them that. Like, I'm not saying you can't do it. Don't let anyone tell you you cannot. But it is going to be tough. It's competitive as it is. So for females, amplify that a little bit more. It is even mm-hmm. more competitive because you do have a lot of great females that are very, very good for it. But for whatever reason, only a few spots available. And... I think that that said, here in Canada, we do have, we're getting better. We're getting better at it. You know, I can turn on TSN and watch, you know, uh, some highlights and it's females delivering those highlights and they can do just as good of a job than, than males can, you know, even better sometimes. So some of them are better. Some of them are better. Right. And a good broadcaster is a good broadcaster, no matter what they do. So I I do think that we are making moves here and we're, we're better than we were. Like you said, 10 years ago, what a difference, right? Because you wouldn't have seen all of that. So I think that we are getting there. 
and it's good. If you choose International Women's Day to look at those things, I say good on you. That's great. Well, I mean, the skeptics are out already on this Raptors announcement, and it should be a positive thing. I mean, this is essentially going to be a showcase. Hey, this is women doing this role that has always been dominated by men. Check it out. It's going to be great. But everything goes right back to normal the next game. And somebody pointed that out this morning on our FM radio show that, yeah, it's fine that they're going to do it, but it's once, just mm-hmm. once. And I don't know if this is going to lead to something permanently. I mean, we see Kia Nurse on on basketball broadcasts all the time. Sure. Um, Meg doing play-by-play here. I personally love that. Yeah. I think that's great. I, now, it, but it's going to be an adjustment, though, because if you've watched any Raptors game in the history of the team, it's always been the same team that's been doing the play-by-play and color commentary. So it's going to look different. It's going to sound different. It's going to feel different. But different isn't bad. Yeah, And I really just wish that there would be a, a little more equality in that the opportunity is there. There's women that ask these questions at these sport panels. And again, I've moderated a number of these. And it always shocks me that they don't even really know where to start or where to turn. And that's frustrating to To me. To not even be able to find someone, to look at someone and say, hey, I'd like to ask you some questions because it's hard to find that person to begin with. Is that what you kind of mean too? A hundred percent. And listen, I just want to put this out there. You can reach out to myself or Kat anytime if you want information on how to get into the broadcasting industry. Unfortunately, we can't help you with most industries, but this one we happen to know a few things about. And if you want help or guidance or whatever... Reach out to us because I don't want anybody to think, oh, I'm going to sign up for this college course at Humber and I'm going to be a broadcaster. And then you get in there and you learn a few things here and there, but you don't even really know where to go from there. And there's not a ton of opportunity in some cases, especially in sports where it is kind of an old boys club. But if we can help you in any way, we're happy to do that. And I know I'm going to get a little political here, but only because he's pushing it. We all know there's going to be an election in June. Justin Trudeau wants one badly. And whatever your issue is going to be in this election, please hold the prime minister accountable to his own word. He promised this. Canada needs pay equity. And we need a proper child care system in this country so that child care isn't the barrier that keeps women out of the workforce. We need, need, need. Call it a priority. It has to get done. And if he gets reelected, he needs to promise and he needs to follow through. It won't get done for this parliament. It just won't. But somebody needs to take a leadership role here and get the fucking thing done. I don't understand why this is even an issue. Let's just do it and move on. Mm -hmm. For a lot of different reasons. But anyway. Well said. I mean, I could continue on that. And just to hit on the point really quick that you said about uh, someone messaging saying, well, it's only for a day. Great. Hey, but that's a step. You know, I I understand. I understand that, you know, you want to see more and I get it. And there's frustration behind that, I'm sure. And I get it. Um, But it's it's something. And if that opens the door for someone who is, you know, on that broadcast to do something else. Again, that's a step. And and we can only go up from here. It's not a bad decision uh, if you're looking at doing something for to make everybody equal as possible. And another note on I mean, I do agree with you totally. We've also heard a lot because of the pandemic of women getting hit hardest with this and having yes. to either give up their jobs or feeling like they have to because of this. And that goes to show you that there's obviously something off kilter here and mm-hmm. it's negatively impacting women a lot more than men uh, in terms of childcare. So I, I agree with you. I hope that we hear more in the coming months about that. 
Well, you know, I just think about it. The only time we truly have pay equity in this country is when it's minimum wage, because that's the minimum wage. That's the only time where there's ever any equity there. It really shouldn't be that way. And I'm not just talking federal, provincial, across the board. There should be no distinction based on your gender of how much you get paid. That's just all there is to it. You do the exact same job as me. You should get paid the same as me. That's the way it is. That is the way it is. And the fact that it's not that way is wrong. So when this election does come up, make that an issue. Ask questions when that candidate comes to your door and says, oh, I'd like your vote in the upcoming election. What are you going to do about this? Yep. Commit Ask to me questions. right now. Yeah, don't don't ignore the, well, I don't know how many door-to-doors we might get, but whatever it is, a phone call, uh, they might be going to your door, dropping off pamphlets saying, let's schedule a time. Chat with them. You're absolutely right. Be a part of that conversation. Ask them the hard questions. Whatever that, your issue might be. Yeah. I mean, International Women's Day on social media is one thing, but let's turn it around and actually make some progress here and, and do this. Because I think it's essential. I really, really do. Um, Okay, let's get to a couple of things here. Still on International Women's Day, but a slightly different take. Uh, Burger King UK decided International Women's Day was the day when they would send out a tweet that said, women belong in the kitchen. They were looking for attention. They were probably trying to create a bit of controversy. I don't believe that they didn't understand what they put out there was controversial. I don't believe that they didn't understand that. So they put this out and then later they followed up with another tweet that said, if they want to, of course, yet only 20% of chefs are women. We're on a mission to change the gender ratio. And then they talked about a scholarship program for female employees. Okay, good that you did that, but you pissed a lot of people off in the meantime. (laughs) What the fuck, guys? Women belong in the kitchen. And while I don't disagree with you that uh, whoever's a good cook should be in the kitchen, and, and yeah, that is obviously a, a pretty serious um, discrepancy there. 80% of the chefs are men? Why is that? Okay, well, there's a lot that can happen there. I also don't think you need to go to culinary school, by the way, to work at fucking Burger King. Now, I've never cooked a, <laughs> I've never charbroiled a Whopper or flame broiled a Whopper, but I assume you don't need culinary school to do that. Right. Well, it's just an, I mean, it's an encouragement. It, a lot of people start somewhere and maybe a lot of the great chefs of our time have started in a Burger King. Okay, fine. A scholarship program. That's great. But so stupid are these tweets, Scott. I don't, I, I mean, you, you nailed it. That's what they wanted. They wanted attention at first and someone somewhere in the UK, this is from Burger King's UK account, said, hey, I'm going to tweet this. That's a good idea. Like, did they even ask? Did they say, hey, you know what? You over here. If I tweet this, is that a good idea? Do you think it's fine? Nobody even double checks, I think, because they want to be talked about so badly. And this one-upness that they constantly, they just want to one-up the next person. And they see Wendy's doing shit on there. And they go, oh, they're funny. You know what? Whoever's running that, great. They do a great job. And they're- the Wendy's account is so well done. Fabulous. Whoever they hired to do that is obviously on top of their game. They're but you a pro. you don't need to do it to sell burgers. I mean, that's the truth. For BK to go, I want to obviously try to be funny or something. Like, just fucking sell your burgers and talk about your scholarship program. That's all you need to do. You don't need to try to do this. Now look what you've done. Now you're trying to be a fucking clown, a comedian at the same time. Just sell your fucking burgers. That's it. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Well, they did delete that tweet eventually because there was so much backlash. So let me read you the tweet that replaced the controversial women belong in the kitchen tweet. We hear you. 
We got our initial tweet wrong and we're sorry. Our aim was to draw attention to the fact that only 20% of professional chefs in the UK kitchens are women and to help change that by awarding culinary scholarships. We will do better next time. (laughs) I mean, that's a real self-inflicted wound. They didn't need to put out that first controversial tweet in the first place. They could have just announced a culinary scholarship program and they probably would have caught some great attention for that. And then the next tweet. We decided to now go back and delete the original tweet after our apology. It was brought to our attention that there was abusive comments in the thread, and we don't want to leave space open for that. That's because some people complained about the sexist nature of the original tweet, and then people started attacking them for being snowflakes. The fuck is going on here? I know I can't anymore with this shit like people just I don't know maybe we're thinking too much and too hard about this especially when it comes to social and especially these big companies like you know what chill out sell the product you're trying to sell use social media in that way absolutely if it works for you great I don't know how many people are even reading the tweet and going I'm gonna go get a burger because of that I don't know maybe it does work maybe it will but a lot of these tweets that they that when they're just trying to be entertainers just shut up and sell your product that's it. Okay, a couple other things here. Uh, Before we talk about The Bachelor from last night, so, so, so emotional. Yeah. Before that, just quickly, a 20-year-old, his name is Michael, was in the passenger seat of a stolen car that police pulled over in St. Petersburg, Florida last weekend. One of the cops patted him down. When he did, he hit that little spot there between a man's legs. Uh Uh-oh. The guy said, hey, hey, it's my dick. Leave it alone. Now, the cop first thought, oh, fuck. All right. Sorry, I'm touching his dick. I don't want to do that. Okay, okay, fine. He's he's clean. Then he thought, wait a second here. That was a pretty firm dick. Let me go back and frisk him again. Turns out that 7.36 inch long member he had down there was actually the barrel of a gun. He had a Glock 23. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god has a pretty firm dick to say it light nicely but and for a second there the cop believed him like oh shit sorry dude i didn't mean to touch your dick <laughs> <laughs> it actually was a gun your dick almost <laughs> shot my hand off bro <laughs> he was promptly arrested <laughs> wow you know and that's let's just for a moment touch on the touch on look listen to me with the puns and i don't even mean it that's the hard, and here I go again, There's a, it's a hard job, but it really is when you're a police officer having to figure out if you're frisking too much, is this going to cause a problem, I'm, I'm a little bit afraid for my life, like I wouldn't want to be the person frisking that other person, and then to feel something that's hmm, pretty hard, but maybe he's just excited, I don't know. And then to go back and say, okay, fuck I this. really like getting arrested. Fuck this. I gotta go. I gotta go in because there's no way that this this was an erection that I felt or whatever it was that he thought. Like that's a difficult. That's a difficult job. Good. Gives for the me meaning to pack in, right? Yeah. <laughs> what, are you, what are you packing down there? Well, I got about seven point three six inches down here, and it's hard. <laughs> it was a fucking Glock. <laughs> Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. <laughs> I love it. Okay, uh, let's go to The Bachelor from last sure. night. L- let me set this up. I was watching the show, and it started off typical Bachelor, doing the the shit. Girls are all worrying, like, fuck, do I want to go last to the fantasy suite, or do I want to go first? First off, would you want to go last, or would you want to go first? That's a, you know what? I didn't even think that that would be a question that would be asked, but yeah, I mean, you, do you want to be the one in his memory at the end, or do you want to be the one that's compared to all the other girls as you go? That's right. Yeah. Plus, I mean, if you go first... Great. Michelle ended up going first into the fantasy suite and you've got to, for the next two nights, know that he's banging one of the other girls. Yeah, That'd be a weird feeling, wouldn't it? I would think. For sure. For sure. And I you, mean, if you, they're you, as in love as they say they are. And can I just say too, because when we talked about this briefly this morning, we got a text message from, from someone who's like, I hate the fantasy suite thing. It's gross, you know. And I, and I get it. It is gross. And yeah. I get it. It is. It's absolutely gross. But let's just all keep in mind, the whole show's gross, mm-hmm. first of all. This is, because we're talking about a bachelor asking women, it specifically seems bad. But don't forget that the if there's a bachelorette, she'll ask someone else about the fantasy suite or won't. Whatever. It will be her option, just as it is these women, this women, this women, these women's options as well. And, and yeah, the whole entire show. Like, if you're against that, you're probably against the show. And also keep in mind, if Matt's taking this seriously, which, it, I don't know, it seems he is, which is good, even though I don't like his end selection that we all know is coming. But if he is taking it seriously, he wants to try the goods before he buys it. And who, and people do that. You know, people do want to do that. And that's pretty, that's pretty common. Not a lot of people get married as virgins anymore. Yeah. Nearest I can tell. I don't know. I don't know if there's ever been stats on it, but it seems like most people are even cohabitating a lot more sure. before marriage than they used to. I think you're right. I'm sure that that stat would check out. They've got a short period of time to get to know someone and fall in love with them. So, yeah, you should probably squeak some sex in there. Sure. Why not? In any case, it had nothing to do with the fantasy suite, which was really bland and boring last night. I don't know if you saw it, but it was just a regular suite. Uh, I find like, the whole season. Like one at the Royal York or the Westin. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, the whole thing is kind of boring uh, for me. But, yeah, we will get to what happened at the fantasy suite after this. Because what happened before... It was this was right in the beginning, Scott, when he chatted yeah. with his dad. Yeah, so they did a little setup. Girls are all, "Oh my god, it's the big day, the big week. We're we're gonna get the fantasy suites." And then they cut to Matt. And typically on the Bachelor or the Bachelorette, they'll bring in the Bachelor or Bachelorette's parents, and the parents will come in and say, oh, "Are you sure you're doing the right thing?" Give them some advice, that sort of shit. But last night was different. Matt called his dad, and he basically unloaded on his dad. It turns out his dad had an affair and that led to the breakup of his dad and his mom. And he laid into him. And I'm going to tell you something. I wished I wasn't alone watching that. I was watching it and almost instantly it sucked me in the drama. And I realized about halfway through that I was clenched. Like my fists were clenched and I was just all in general tense and I couldn't figure out why. But it was such a, a hard thing to watch, but an impactful thing to watch. Listen to this. I know it was on TV and I know it's The Bachelor, but this felt authentic. Listen to this. Because I guard my heart and I guard my feelings and emotions because of what I've been through with you and what I've been through with our family. You can't, you can't do that. You got to let that go and just open up, man. Well, I think part of that for me is having this conversation with you because it's not something that we've talked about, you know? Right, in a very long... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I needed you... If you weren't there to have those conversations, you started other families. 
that affected me. And I need to know where your head was at so that I don't make those same mistakes going forward. I don't want you to make that same mistake. Because we never had this conversation before. If you came to me in the past, I would have had this conversation with you. If you wanted to talk to me. Yeah, but... I mean, I wouldn't talk to you. Yeah, but that's that's what that's kind of what I'm getting at. Like, yeah, there was never a time to have that conversation because I needed it when you weren't there. I hate to stop you though. I didn't have that either. My father was killed when I was five, man. So, yeah, I'm gonna take some of that blame of being not showing up as a father figure much as supposedly supposed to be. But do you know what I went through? You want me to tell you the real deal? What I went through? Do you know what I went through with your mom when you guys were like two or three? You want me to tell you real deal, bro? I came home one day, your mom and your mom was gone, bro. For good reason. Who wants to be with someone who's not going to be faithful to him? Nobody's perfect, son. Look around you in this world. Who's perfect? I'm not perfect. You're not perfect yourself. <laughs> you know, we make mistakes in our life. We're going to fall. It's how you get up. Would you want your daughter to be with someone who disrespected her and cheated on her? Yes, no, I, I wouldn't want them to. But if there's, if there's a, then look, there, at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. Yes, yes, I, I, you right. You would want them it's, to be with someone like it's that. It's not good. To, yeah, it's, it wasn't a good thing that I was cheating. I'm not proud of. So why are you trying to like? I'm, I'm trying to have a real conversation with you. We don't. I'm not. I don't want you to make excuses. I just want you to hear where I'm coming from. You're talking about mom leaving you. Yes. I thank God that she had the courage. To stand up for herself and do something because of the situation you put her in. Wow. You know, it's funny because whatever it is that you've got on your mind, there's a lot of people who want to have a frank conversation with one of their parents, maybe their mom, maybe their dad, about something. And he chose last night before he put a ring on somebody's finger. To have it out with his dad or not even really have it out, but just to tell him how he feels and how what happened made him feel. Yeah. And I think it resonates with a lot of people who have maybe similar stories and and maybe it's the other way around or but like you said, whatever it is, you want to ask your parent those questions. Do you think he chose the right time? Well, the dad seemed completely blindsided. Like he showed up and he was ready for a party. He thought he was coming in there. Yeah, I'll offer a little advice and we'll I'll shoot the shit with my kid. And then he's going to go and get engaged. Happy, happy forever, forever. It wasn't like that. I mean, mm-hmm. Matt brought him there because he wanted to. Uh, I, I don't know if it was he wanted to get it out of his system or off his chest or he just wanted some clarity. But he said he wanted to make sure he was going into this forever relationship with a clear head and he needed to get that off his chest with his dad that's pretty incredible that he's that self-aware that okay this is the thing here and i need to deal with that before i can fully commit to one of these three women yeah i thought it was really good Uh, but yeah the dad did seem completely blindsided he's probably like what the fuck I thought I was coming here for a few beers and hang out with matt And, and at first you could tell like he's like i'm the dad i got the upper hand here but he he kind of slowly realized, like, okay, shit, maybe I should have had this conversation with my son. And a lot of people are probably in that spot. Um, sure. Here's Matt's dad, who did eventually apologize for hurting him. We've all been through a lot. And I get that. I don't know what it was like to grow up in Africa without a dad like you did. But I know what it's like to grow up here without a dad. And a bunch of other stuff that hardens my heart and closes me off. And I'm trying to address all those things now so that when I get into... These relationships, it's not something that rears its head down the road. 
I agree with you, son. Because you are in the situation right now where you have to make some life-lasting decisions about things that you never learned from me. I'll try it, Matt. I'll try. I'm sorry I hurt you, son. Oh, there it is. Well, I, I and, mean, and Matt broke down too shortly yeah. after that. Yeah. Hard to watch. Well, hard to listen to, and it was really hard to watch last night. I was sitting on the couch thinking, what do I do? I feel like i got to talk to somebody or yeah. like, fuck, maybe I should call my dad. I don't know. Yeah, well, and it goes to show you, you know, you see someone and how well do we know Matt James? Okay, not very well anyway. But let's say you were watching this intently and you feel like you know someone. It really does go to show you, you really don't know their struggles, what they're holding on to, what's holding them back and their entire, you know, life story. And you maybe never will, but it kind of gives you a glimpse into Hey, that's kind of cool that he's hopeful still that he's been through what he's been through and and still thinks, okay. And a lot of people that fuels them, by the way, a lot of people who've been through similar scenarios with their parents splitting up or a bad situation like to turn that around because you hear more about, oh, well, his dad was a cheater, so he'll be a cheater and blah, blah, blah. But that's not always the case at all. Sometimes it takes for them to, to, to take a look at that and say, I'm going to be the opposite. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm going to be a great, you know, mother to my kids. I'm going to be a great father to my kids because of you so hopefully he's I, hopefully they're good now and i'm sure that during the after the final rose special that airs after the finale next week we'll probably uh, learn more it was so weird i mean this it was a very non-bachelor moment when they were doing that and then it became such a bachelor moment right after that i mean he had that that emotional conversation with his dad and then he he broke down himself and it was all caught on camera and, and he said what he needed to say. And then he went on a date and fucked Michelle in the fantasy suite. <laughs> it's like only hey, 10 minutes in real time has gone did, by but the magic of editing. Because once the fantasy suite hit, I was like, I was out. Did we confirm that he that he actually had sex with any of them or did they say anything? Did any of them really reveal what really happened behind closed doors? I don't think anybody really revealed okay. Uh, they woke up together, so they at least slept together. Uh, anything else that happened beyond that? I don't know if we'll ever really know, but either way, it turned right back into a bachelor episode. So that's what most people are checked in for anyway, but still an amazing moment. And I'm sure that was really, really difficult for a lot of people to watch that because it was a very relatable moment or there was uh, a part of them that wishes they had had that conversation or could have that conversation. Really, really well done, though. I, uh, I'm i glad this season's almost over because it wasn't one of the better ones. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, it certainly had its moments. And, and that was one of them that I think will probably be part of Matt's legacy when this is over. Uh, anything else we got to cover in this one? Um, I think that's about that. We'll keep it short. I know yesterday we went along uh, with the royal uh, family stuff. And God, I hope that we have more news on that later on this week. I think uh, we will. I think so, too. Can I do a couple quick headlines quickly? Sure. Um, <laughs> remember the, the shit show at the beginning of this year when we were waiting for vaccines and Pfizer wasn't sending any and, and then another week went by and they weren't sending any and then Moderna didn't send any, uh, happening right now in Ottawa, the house of commons health committee is meeting and the Canadian president of Pfizer, Cole Pino is testifying. Oh, 
he said they weren't expecting Health Canada to approve their vaccine as quickly as they did. So when they did approve it, it was kind of like, oh, fuck, we better make some vaccines for Canada. Yeah. Like, that's what it was. They they put it out there and they figured Health Canada would do what Health Canada does. They drag their feet. They've got a good reputation for taking their time. Even they were shocked when Health Canada said, okay, approved for use in adults. Go. They were like, oh, what? fuck. <laughs> what? Okay, well, are you, are you sure? Do you want to think about it and reconsider? Make some fucking vaccines for Canada. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, so are we over blaming our government for it then? Uh, no, no. I mean, we ordered and we should have said, hey, listen, we want these vaccines now. We'll hang on to them. And as soon as Health Canada says they're OK, then we'll start rolling them out. We could have been stockpiling all along and or we could have been on the same page as Health Canada. We could have phoned somebody and said, OK, so no pressure. Don't do anything unless it's safe. But can you give us an idea of when it's going to be approved? Like, we don't need to know a specific date. We just need to know, are we talking December 2020 or are we talking March 2021? Because there's a big gap there that we need to fill. I think that just a little bit of planning could have avoided that. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, too, is the uh, Ontario Society of Obstetricians and Gynecologists now applauding the province's move to include pregnant women in the priority list of recipients in the next phase of the COVID vaccination plan in Ontario. Did something change? Because I don't recall them saying it's approved for use on pregnant women. Have you heard anything? No, see, and it's funny, we we were wondering that this morning, and we did get a message, and apparently, no, nothing is, like, there's no OB right now that's going to tell you, oh, yeah, 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 you could take it. There's a little bit more that needs to be done before they approve the use here. So I'm not sure what that's about. I really don't know. Okay, well, this is what it says. There is increasing evidence that the vaccines are safe for pregnant women. Ontario health authorities listed pregnancy as a factor putting someone at risk for hospitalization or death from COVID-19 when they released the details of the updated vaccination plan. So there's two groups in particular that I'm a little worried about here. They're basically saying, yep, give it to pregnant women. And now there's some people that are saying, yeah, 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 give that Moderna vaccine to the people or the AstraZeneca one or whichever. The one that's not supposed to be for people over 65 They're saying, "Ah, make it 70 and up. We'll exclude them. If I'm anywhere in my 60s and I get to the vaccination clinic and that's the only one they got, I'm going to be a little nervous about that. If I'm a pregnant woman that's going in for a vaccination and they're still not 100% sure because they didn't do clinical trials on this, I'd be a little concerned about that too. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't even know. It's a tough choice no matter what about whether or not you're going to get the vaccine. Not for me personally. I've already decided I am getting it as soon as I'm available or is it's available to me. But I get that there's people who are really wrestling with whether or not they want that vaccine in their body. Yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of people on that fence right now. Yeah. And then factor in you're pregnant or factor in I'm in my 60s and I'm right there at the line where they say I shouldn't have it. But that's the only one they've got. I mean, no wonder. This is turning into such a stressful situation for so many people when shit like that's going on. And really, there's not even a lot of science to back it up. At best, it's a guess because we didn't do clinical trials on it. So if you're struggling with it, I feel for you, then that's a tough decision to make. Okay, I think we're good. Yeah. All right. Uh, Thanks so much for checking it out. Make sure you hit subscribe and, and tell your friends, everybody. And we'll be back with another podcast.
The CDC announced new guidelines for vaccinated Americans. If you're fully vaccinated and you're indoors, there is no need for masks or social distancing if everyone there is fully vaccinated. Oh, man. Bingo halls are about to look like a senior frogs on spring break. Britain's Prince Harry and Duchess Meghan Markle sat down for an interview with Oprah Winfrey, or as British tabloids reported it, Harry's kidnapper speaks. Oprah sat down with Prince Harry and Meghan Markle for a two-hour primetime special. 17 million people watched the special. Uh, the ratings were so big, ABC just offered the couple their own weekly show called Royalish. <laughs> 